And welcome back to 90.7 WCLH, Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, Hazleton. You are listening to Telling the Untold Stories of Wilkes University. As always, I am your host, Lindsay Scorey. Today, I am joined in the studio with Emily Cherkoskis and Maddie Kynard as we talk about Manuscript Society and the English major here at Wilkes University. Ooh, I'm Hello. so excited. Thank um, you for having us on, Lindsay. Thank absolutely. You. I am so excited. So would you guys mind giving a little background on yourselves, your majors, what you do on campus? Yeah. Um, you want me to go first? Yeah. Okay. Um, hi, everyone. So I'm Maddie. You probably hear my voice Tuesdays from 11 to 12 because I also do um, Club Hour Classics with Linz. Um, I am a junior English and communications dual major, um, and I also have a minor in global cultures. In English, I have the literature concentration, and then in communications, I have um, journalists, rhetoric, and PR is what? Strategic comm? Yeah. Is that how? I was going to say, I don't remember the specific terminology. But um, so, yeah, I am involved in manuscript. Um, I'm just a fun little staff writer. So I don't I don't have any any fun, fancy positions like M. Um, <laughs> but I also do um, The Beacon, um, WCLH. I am alternative director. Um me try, like I, I don't know why when you're like tell me about yourself you're and like then blank. my head goes blank and I'm like I've never done a single thing ever Literally, that's <laughs> happened to everyone every time they've gotten on this podcast <laughs> it's so hard um I think that kind of about sums it up mm-hmm. um you do a lot um, well I, let me pull up my resume man <laughs> I don't I don't I don't remember a single thing I've done you know pull up the uh-huh. email sign off well I guess it's over to me yeah yeah. Well, hello. I am Emily Trakaskis. I am also a junior, junior double major in communication studies and English. I have minors in creative writing and women and gender studies. When it comes to manuscript, I am the assistant executive editor, which basically means I am second in line. Yeah, she is. <laughs> I, I'm basically, um, I make sure that our executive editor has everything organized properly when it comes to meetings and planning our yearly issue. But outside of manuscript, I'm also the editor-in-chief of The Beacon, and I'm also the floor manager of Wilkes Now, our TV studio. And um, the floor is managed. Yes, I manage she the floor. manages the floor beautifully. I edit the newspaper in a very chiefly manner. <laughs> <laughs> So obviously, as you can tell, um, these two lovely ladies with me right now are very involved when it comes to English and writing. Um, Both of them actively choose to be a part of Manuscript Society and The Beacon, which is a lot of heavy writing. And both of you have even written for The Medium, which is our comm newsletter. So obviously, they love writing. They love editing. (laughs) Um, So I'm curious, before we hop into everything, what made you choose to be an English major? And you could talk a little bit, too, about how you're both dual majors with that and communications. Do you want me? Okay. Um, So in high school, even probably in middle school, I always knew that I wanted to be an English major because I just, if you know me, I love reading so much. It's something I do very often. And I also like writing. Um, So I knew that no matter where my um, graduate degree would take me, I wanted it to be something that dealt with literature, the written word, something with books. So I was like, okay, the most logical thing then is to major in English. Um, But my senior year, 
I had my one homeroom teacher. She was always like, what are you going to do with an English degree? What are you going to do with an English degree? Like, you're going to live in a box. And I was like, okay, yeah, maybe, but at least I'll enjoy it. (laughs) Um, But even at the same time, my mom was kind of like, I think you should really try to pair it with something to try to make yourself maybe a little bit more marketable to a wider range of careers. Um, Because, I mean, an English and a communications degree are so like universal they could be applied to so many things because everyone wants someone that is good at writing good at speaking good at presenting um all of those soft skills which uh, they're not soft skills Mm -hmm. what what did um dr keisinger call them they're like because we were taught that you shouldn't say soft skills yeah very valuable and versatile skills that you need let's call them hard skills like i (laughs) hard skill yeah um but yeah so i I originally started out as a communication major, and then in my second year of freshman year, I um, went through and applied for the the English major, and yeah, here I am. (laughs) (laughs) I'm also kind of in the same boat with Maddie when it comes to pairing the communication studies and English major. I think they are the perfect Mm -hmm. sister major. The two, mm-hmm. just really two good majors to pair with. I first started out as a communication studies major because, well, I always loved the creative arts, but I had no idea what to do, where to go with it. And it wasn't until my junior year of high school when I went to the Tom Bigler Journalism Conference that I fell in love with the program here. And so I got accepted into this program. And then when I was a first year student, I was taking my English courses and my professor was Dr. Michelle Anthony. She's mm-hmm. actually the chair of the department. Wonderful woman. And she just, um, she, uh, I guess, like, picked me out with the little assignments I was writing. It was for English 120. And she actually encouraged me to pick up the creative writing minor. And that was honestly something I really wanted to go into. So I did that. And then this is actually during the COVID shutdown when I decided I want I wanted more than that. And so I ended up also picking up the English major. How cool is that? Mm-hmm. Well, can you guys tell me, so I know a little bit about this from talking with Em and Maddie, but um, so what are the tracks in the English major and sort of how did you decide which one you wanted to do and what would make sense for your future career? So there's actually four different concentrations in the English major. Um, The first one is writing, which you have to end up taking basically very writing intensive courses just and it could be creative writing, technical writing or just really random advanced workshop um, courses that focus on really specific topics. Um, The second one is digital humanities, which is it's actually a very hard thing to describe, even if you're going into it, because you're just analyzing very old and modern texts and works through the digital lens. For example, Maddie and I, we had our Shakespeare class, Studies in Shakespeare, Mm -hmm. and we would um, go on digital archives and analyze the original works and prints of different um, writers and playwrights at the time. Yeah, it's really fascinating. Like, you don't realize how important these, like, digital copies and digital archives are until you have a class that's utilizing them. And it's mm-hmm. like, wow, like, this resource is so, like, important because mm-hmm. you can you can access it anywhere. Like, we don't have to go to 
the library in New York City to see a copy of the first folio of, like, A Merchant of Venice. Like, I don't know. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how cool is that? Yeah, that's actually my concentration, too, because I just basically love archival studies or just Mm -hmm. archival management. It's actually something I might be interested in going to in the future. Mm. But anyway, the third one is the literature track. Um, It's just basically very in-depth studies of certain um, eras or ages of literature or different genres as well. And lastly, the fourth one is is actually an education track, which the education majors are pretty much just the ones who go into that field. I haven't met many. I think I've only met, like, two people in throughout, like, all of the classes we've had that were in that track. So if you wanted to be an English teacher, would you do a double major in education and English with the education track? Or you could just do English with the education track, and that's, like, the dual you would be teaching English. Part of me wants to feel like it's a double major because mm-hmm. right. Adam is double major in history and, and education. education. So right. I think it's a double major, but I think they really would complement mm-hmm. each other, right. if that makes sense. So kind of like communications in English, it's not like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a lot of workload, but it's there. It's not so, I don't know. I think you have to Opposites. double major because yeah. with the education major you have to do all that certification and testing mm, right it's, it's mm-hmm. especially in pennsylvania it's very strict with that oh yeah. 100%. That for sure yeah. Yeah. yeah i don't picking my concentration in the english department was so hard for mm-hmm. some reason <laughs> i i talked about this with m for a while because i obviously like i said like i love the literature aspect i love learning about um specific authors or specific time periods specific genres um So I knew that that was something that I was really interested in, but I also ideally want to go into like the editing or publishing field for um, fiction novels, probably like new adult, young, young adult. Mm -hmm. Um, So then I was like, do I need to take like writing classes to better understand, you know, what I'm doing? Um, And ideally one day I want to publish my own like novels. So ultimately I just ended up going with, the literature track, but I've also been considering like graduate school, so I could, mm-hmm. I don't know, further explore other options there as well. But yeah, mm-hmm. I'm pretty much in the same boat. It was very difficult to choose a concentration yeah. because I don't really think it's like communication studies where you could pick up as many concentrations mm-hmm. as you want. Right. With the English major, it's just it's very intensive. It, per... Yes, it's more like hone, honing in on your skills. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I think, like, that's so cool the way that... I've noticed, though, that each one of the tracks, I feel like they do have much difference, but I feel like they're, like, similar in a way that, like, they're all things you guys are very interested in that you've Mm -hmm. talked about from the beginning. And I think what's interesting, though, too, that what Maddie said about, like, feeling like... I think a lot of students have this feeling of if I need to go into this particular field, I absolutely need this specific realm of experience. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. also think about the amount of co-curriculars you guys do. Like think about the intensive amount of writing and editing you do alone with manuscript in the beacon. Like I think a lot of it, yes, is in the classroom and no doubt I believe it's very intensive the way they prepare you for that. But I'm sure they also expect that most students who choose an English degree considering how rigorous it is very rarely do I think that an English student goes home and doesn't do some of that work that you would do in the classroom for Mm -hmm. fun 
Like, oh yeah, <laughs> all the English majors I've met enjoy doing it on like a day to day basis because it's what they're passionate about. Yeah, I I really like that point that you brought up because one thing that I really learned about college, you know, being here for three years is that when you graduate, it's really not, I mean, obviously having a good GPA is good and all, Mm -hmm. but it's really more about your experiences, you know, what you've been Mm -hmm. involved in, what you have learned and are taking away from that and are able to apply to like a real life job. (laughs) Not that, I mean, man, they kind of are real life jobs. For (laughs) real. No, and they want somebody who's well-rounded and Mm -hmm. who has that experience, you know, like I always was somebody who like was like that. Like I cared so much about the classroom and like mm-hmm. how I did in the classroom. And I still do. That doesn't go away. Yeah. I know you guys are the exact same way. But sometimes like I find myself looking more forward to like the extracurricular stuff we get to do because it's taking the skills I already know and applying them. Yeah. And yeah, we work with all of our friends. So I mean, yeah, it's, exactly. it's a good time. <laughs> it's a really great like real world experience. So, yeah. okay, we can hop right into Manuscript Society. Yes. So if you wouldn't mind, first and foremost, give me a little bit of background on what is Manuscript Society? How was it formed? Yeah, um, Manuscript Society, it's just basically Wilkes University's creative writing magazine. It's just based in the English department because, you know, we like writing. Mm-hmm. But we also don't accept like, we don't just accept writing. We also accept, um, what, like, photography, art, phys- like, physical print art and digital art. We also accept, we've actually been trying to accept, like, music compositions or just digital things. Even though we have a print magazine, we also want to have more of, like, an online presence on oh. Wilkes' website. And, but yeah, I think over the past few years, we've, seen a lot of very unique submissions Mm -hmm. a great variety of things that we're always looking for yeah Yeah, that's really cool because i i never thought about that about the amount of things that you could put in into it like i didn't even think about that photography Mm because like i um i actually have the manuscript society i want to say it's from like 2020 maybe Mm-hmm. that came out and there actually are some really cool photos in there but because my mind jumps immediately to poetry mm-hmm. and i know there is a lot of poetry included in there but um, yeah it's mainly poetry in the magazine mm-hmm. yeah but yeah my favorite part is just like how it's coming from students mm-hmm. in every single major it's not yeah. just the english department it's not just like communication studies department it's like we're getting submissions from people in stem and i don't mm-hmm. know that's kind of really? fun yeah yeah how cool is that? We also um, accept submissions from professors and faculty and staff and alumni. And some of the things they've sent us our way is just absolutely beautiful and amazing. It's Aww. something we're trying to get more of. We're having to push more of just submissions from outside of students as well. So now, do you take any submission? Like, it could be, like, super long. It could be super short. Like, is there, like, ramifications of what you can and can't do? Yeah, we have um, some guidelines. We like to limit five submissions per person per year. Mm -hmm. That way it just doesn't get way too saturated. Right. Um, With poetry, um, I don't really think we've had any super long poems that we'd have to be like, hey, this is way too long. Right. But we do have a limit on short stories, just um, a limit of five pages. Sometimes we have to make exceptions, though, depending on the story. Because, you know, sometimes you'll just get, have to put in an extra paragraph or two, which is completely right. okay. Yeah. No, 100%. And I'm curious, too, then, what are the roles on Manuscript Society? So is there, like, 
I know you hold a role, but is it mm-hmm. considered an executive board? Is it just considered like yeah. the people who are leadership? Okay. So what roles are incorporated in that? So we have our executive editor, Jay, who unfortunately was not able to make it with us. They're basically the face of manuscript. Um, they are the executive editor is just the person who handles all the correspondence with um, the English department when it comes to making sure we have rooms reserved for meetings or gatherings or readings and also making sure we have enough um, in the budget to be able to print enough issues that we could spread around campus at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I'm the assistant executive editor, which basically means I help out where needed, such as um, correspondence with other departments, corresponding with looks today, also just helping out with managing the manuscript email. Sometimes we'll, we'll be like a week and we get like not a single email. And then one, like one day we'll get like 10 emails in a row. It's, it gets a little crazy and overwhelming sometimes I think, but even then I think we just have a good dynamic between the staff. Mm-hmm. And Maddie, you are a editor at large as well, right? I have no clue. <laughs> I, I honestly, it's funny because it was like one day and was like, you should you should come to these manuscript meetings. And I got put in the manuscript discord and I was like, yeah, I'm going to come. Mm-hmm. And then I've just been like going and showing up ever since. I don't know if I have yeah. like an official title. But yeah, if I can put editor mm-hmm. at large on my, on my <laughs> resume, because it's just like staff member of mm-hmm. manuscript. <laughs> How large is the staff? I will say we're pretty. Small. I was just about to talk about this. I will say that we have a very small staff this year it's me jay you and also fen farnelli another editor at large we also had darren martinez who since graduated last semester he was also an editor at large and we have brianna ebis she is our copy layout editor Hmm. in the past we've also had um like social media editors, photography editors, poetry editors, short story editors, depending on how many people wanted to volunteer to help out on the staff. Right. And we also have Jackie who just joined us. She is also a new staff member. Mm-hmm. So we're just trying to grow more people. Oh, nice. You have yeah. a very dedicated group of people, it would seem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I was going to say, it's, it doesn't, it's not so bad that we're small because everyone mm-hmm. has an important role and does that role. So, yeah. Yeah, I will say that it's important to have more of a more of a larger bit of staff on manuscripts since we all vote on submissions mm-hmm. on a vote oh, of like okay. a scale of 1 to 5. 1 being not good, 5 being perfect, and if it's above 3, the average of our votes, mm-hmm. that submission gets accepted. And okay. so we don't want like two or three people voting, voting on what right. submission. Right. That's happened in the past as well. And it's just been mm-hmm. very difficult. Well, because I was going to bring up, you have to consider how different I was thinking in terms of writing style, but I'm sure the way you all read a submission and mm-hmm. what you think is, you know, really creative or what you think is like really solid work might be different from what somebody else thinks is really solid work. I mean, I'm sure you're all very knowledgeable on like what's good and what's not, but mm-hmm. yeah, we always have like, pretty good discussions about um all of our submissions like if someone feels a certain way jay is always like okay let like let's talk about it let's mm-hmm. talk this out um so yeah it's nice yeah i think when it comes to being an editor i'm sure the both of you have 
come to learn this with the beacon as well. You have to have a very open mind mm-hmm. when it comes to reviewing someone's, someone's personal work. Yeah, there's like structural edits or critiques or even just grammatical issues that you need to get through. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to understanding the meaning and just being able to properly analyze what they're trying to articulate, I think that's where the challenge comes in. Right. You, because you can't just be like, oh, I don't know what this poem means or what the message is trying to be. Mm-hmm. You have to make sure it's actually coherent enough. Right. And even from some of the poems that I've read, and that's only like a fraction of what what you see every week, but a lot of it is talking about very personal like mm-hmm. experiences that that person has probably been through. So you have to consider like when you're looking at that, especially like what they're talking about and writing about is probably something very unique to them and something you want to encourage, but also still like making those structural critiques. I know that's very hard because sometimes people's work is like very close to them and mm-hmm. it's hard getting criticized mm-hmm. it I, is like we are <laughs> yeah. years and years into our academic careers and i still sometimes struggle with criticism no oh, absolutely same. i agree yeah that's like i feel the biggest difference that i see between like the beacon and the manuscript is creative writing and just like poetry and all of the submissions we get they're so like it's very vulnerable yeah. to like mm-hmm. write something creative and then submit it to other people so you definitely have to handle that with a sort of care. And like Em said, just be open-minded to everything. Mm-hmm. 100%. I think news writing and creative writing are so different from one another. Mm-hmm. News writing, you're just reporting on current events. Yeah, it's very formulaic. And I'm sure you both agree with me when I say that. Like, we've received so much critique, both like constructive and just like, like people just complaining Right. That you just kind of get used to the blows that you get. But when it comes to creative writing, you just like what Maddie said, you just put yourself in such a vulnerable position. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And personally, I'm already somebody who just hates talking about my personal feelings. (laughs) So just trying to get over that hurdle, just being able to have that courage of putting your your voice and your words, your personal thoughts out into the world like that in such a poetic um thoughtful and creative way it's just it's very difficult to get over yeah it's so interesting you said that because now that I'm thinking about it I would be so much more okay if someone came up to me and said hey I really kind of didn't like your article in this issue of the beacon like it kind of sucked and I'd be like oh man okay whatever (laughs) but if someone came up to me and was like I read that poem you wrote and I hated it I think right. a part of my soul would fall off and die. Oh, 100% because <laughs> like, it's so personal to you. Yeah. And, and I think a large part, too, what I was thinking about when you were saying that was I – so I've only been on the beacon for a year now. Um, but even in that time frame, I have had multiple people make comments to me about sections that aren't even in my realm of writing mm-hmm. about – like I had somebody this past week talk to me about how they didn't like who they picked for Athlete of the Week. And I'm like, I have no clue – who I would pick for athlete of the week. I don't do sports. And what's funny about that to me is like, and honestly, thank you to the people who do make comments and who, who do want, because honestly it means they read it. Mm-hmm. But also to me though, what's funny is it's so easy to give comments when you aren't the one doing it. Mm-hmm. Now, like I said, I still think we are very welcome to people's opinions and, and what they think we can change and do better. But I think in that sense, like to, put your own writing out on the line is really scary. 
Like, yeah. I know, like, mm-hmm. like you said, like the beacon is very formulaic, but like I write in the opinion section and like, we're probably the ones that yeah, I was going to say that is much more personal, yeah. personalized. I feel like, mm-hmm. yeah, like we're showing like, this isn't an event. Like, you know, like I give huge kudos to you for covering events and stuff like that. But like when I put my opinion out there, I'm well aware that there are people who could disagree with me and who can make comments to me. Mm-hmm. But to me, I'm like, okay, well then you throw your opinion in there. You write up an article, you know what I true, mean? Like, true. Yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I think in that sense, it's sort of like if anybody were to judge someone's work, I challenge you to put yourself on the line and like you said, be vulnerable and feel what that feels like to put something so personal to you. Like I remember, um, I took with, um, Em and Mads, I took, was it Dr. Anthony? What was it? Um, Modern American poetry. Modern American poetry. Map. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Map. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I had the pleasure of taking modern American poetry with them. And, um, I remember Darren who Em mentioned Mm -hmm. earlier, when he read his poem to our class insane right i it was Phenomenal. like a mic drop for me it, like, yeah that it was so good and you also could just tell like i kept saying it it was so daring mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. when you read somebody's writing like that's what i was going to ask you guys about is sort of when you get to read your friends or like people you know's writing is there a sense in which like you could read it and you wouldn't know who it was but you could be like yeah that's darren's writing oh absolutely i have seen so many of darren's poems that even if his name is not attached I was gonna to it, I'm say, like, oh, that's a Darren name, poem. His name is that sometimes is in the poem. And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Darren, did you write this? No. <laughs> but yeah, I, I definitely think everyone has a set style. Um, and I was also just thinking while we were talking, I feel like there's like this stigma or this idea that you either have like writing talent and your writing is good or like you don't. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's, why critiques for creative writing feel so much more like personal Mm -hmm. not to like I obviously not that I agree with that I think you there's always something you can do to um what's the word I want to say you know make better like and yeah improve I couldn't think of the word improve for some reason (laughs) um you can improve in like anything that you do but I feel like that's part of the reason why it feels so much more like a personal attack when people are like, I don't like your writing. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, (laughs) no, but you're right that even the best writers take critiques from Mm -hmm. other people all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's, I think that's what's so interesting about the humanities that I love and hate at the same time is we are constantly evolving and improving. Mm -hmm. I don't Mm want to say I hate it. It's more just like, I think about, I am not a STEM girl whatsoever, but sometimes, I don't like, know why that term is so funny. <laughs> I am not a STEM girl. But, like, do you ever think about the fact that, and, you know, this is not to say that their work is at all easier than it is because it's so hard, but sometimes I think about, like, formulas and how, mm-hmm. like, I remember in math when you would get a formula right, it felt so good. Like, A plus B plus C, it, it all made sense. And I think what's really interesting when you're in the humanities, and I say that broadly because I, I don't think this is just English or just communications. I think there's a lot of fields like this. It just really is honed in in English where you have something and you can think that was the best work you put on that paper. But if somebody else comes in and, and reads it and gives you ideas, you're like, I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm, I didn't even mm-hmm. think how I can change this one phrase or this one line. And I think it's it's really it could be frustrating, but it is an incredibly beautiful process once you get to the end and you see your first work and you're like looking at your your newest edition and you're like okay I can see where that didn't work you know and like that was a really long-winded way of saying like 
it's cool how we are constantly improving and mm-hmm. constantly bettering our work, even if sometimes that criticism is hard to take. No, mm-hmm. absolutely. Like, even if I just look back at thesis-driven essays I wrote freshman year versus now, like, I can see an improvement. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and it's fun. <laughs> yeah, I can relate to that. And I like how you brought up the STEM majors because I feel like when you when it comes to writing between the different schools, I think English is just so subjective. Uh-huh. Even if you get a good grade on something, even if you have a coherent thesis or argument, it's still just subjective. And right. sometimes it's just difficult to think like you hit everything perfectly. Like, is that really the right way you wanted to articulate this point? Yeah. Because, you know, with STEM majors, you could say like the sky is blue and someone would be like, well, duh. But if you're, <laughs> sorry, that was funny. Yeah, I don't know. I, I but really if you're in that. the English major and you're like, the sky is blue, and you're like, well, actually, yeah, it's like, yeah, that's 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 interesting way to think about it. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. That's why I feel like the biggest thing when STEM people are like, oh, English is easy. Like you guys, you don't need to like learn and memorize these things. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, but you kind of gotta tap into like this greater beyond to pull these creative <laughs> ideas out of not nowhere but sometimes it feels like no, but nowhere sometimes <laughs> when you're on a crunch sometimes you can't wait around for when the creativity hits you you have to yeah. force it and that's really hard let's talk about our midterms yesterday <laughs> <laughs> i was waiting for this to come up because i saw multiple of my friends in a bit of an uh, array what's the right word um you know what i'm saying I don't know. I, I'm trying tizzy. to think of the, the right. Yeah. Yeah. We were in a little tizzy. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's good to bring that up now because, you know, like we said, we just had our midterms yesterday. And oh, my gosh. When it comes to. <laughs> yes. Oh first, first written midterms we've had in a long time. So yeah, that doesn't so help that, either. Even then, that was a little complicated. Yeah. Tough part of coming out of COVID. But when it comes to studying English, you need to understand all of these different genres and, and periods. Yeah. And period, concepts, concepts within the periods. Of those yeah. periods. And what inspired or influenced those concepts as those periods. Which are very abstract. And <laughs> oh the God. writers of their periods mm-hmm. and what they wrote and how mm-hmm. it impacted and influenced the periods that they wrote in. Right. Yeah. So... And again, going back to like having to crunch the creative process, like when you, I mean, thankfully, most of our professors, they are pretty good with like telling us, you know, this is what's going to be on the exam. I would look over this like this is going to be longer essay questions. But still, you know, you're trying to come up with multiple coherent, um, you know, intelligent Thesis is thesis is a word. Thesi. Theses. 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 I don't like that word. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but you're trying to come up with all of that in like hour fifteen, and there's multiple mm-hmm. questions you have to respond to. My hand was cramping so bad yesterday. Having back to back English midterms. Oh my god. We were allowed to type on our laptops for our one midterm. Thank you. Just on a word document. Shout out to Doctor Anthony because. <laughs> I needed to type on my laptop for that one. And when I tell you, I was slamming on my keyboard. The, oh, yeah. Me pressing was. on the keyboards. The sound was just echoing through the room. <laughs> In our tiny little Kirby yeah. hall. Yeah. Well, I do like that. I, I know, like, I feel like 
from having Dr. Anthony and from having any professor, honestly, like I feel like they have to be understanding that when you are in a time crunch like that. Oh yeah, like, absolutely. Like your work when you sit down and you're trying to do it quickly in that span of an hour 15 versus when you get to sit and spend however long with an essay that you have to write. Like it's very different work. Also, I what I have a hard time with that too is like when you're reviewing your work back and you can't really edit as much oh when you do gosh, a writing. I know. Oh, I hate writing But I'm like, I can't erase a whole like, paragraph that's why right. i loved yeah. having my laptop because i could just like delete 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 get so comfortable <laughs> but, with typing instead of writing yeah mm-hmm. i definitely Crazy. think with a lot of more of like the english tests that we have to complete in a short period of time it's more about like comprehensibility like does the student understand the concepts and oh, like yeah. mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. the reading um and then of course like what we're saying about the reading but um But yeah, just talking about professors, one thing I love about the English department is I have yet to have an English professor that I don't love Mm -hmm, so much. mm -hmm. I mean, it's the exact same for the comm department. I love all of the comm professors, but I don't know. There's just something about the English professors that I just feel like I connect with on a deeper level because they Mm -hmm. just they're so passionate about what they do and they're also so freaking intelligent oh my god oh my gosh it's crazy like it's almost intimidating in a way but they're also the most humble and kind Mm -hmm, and like mm -hmm. caring people i can say even i was gonna note too just from well i obviously had to take english 101 and 120 as all students do but when i took modern american poetry with you too one thing i loved that dr anthony did i'm pretty sure this works for almost all your english classes is there was the test component, but there was also the written component. There was mm-hmm. a presentation component. Mm-hmm. So not only are you getting into the deeper analysis of it, you're having different means in which you analyze it. And also like just the the class participation in English classes. Mm-hmm. I, um, Maddie and I got the chance to sit in on that. Um, is it creative nonfiction workshop? Yes, I, I think so. so. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah, it's creative with, nonfiction because they yeah. were writing about stories that actually happened and the way they were giving feedback to each other was so in-depth and beautiful. It was. I, I literally had the same thought. I was like, wow. Like, they sat there and clearly read their classmates' work with such care and, like, made notes of things that they thought they could improve on. And, again, going back to that improvement aspect, like, peer review is so large in academic circles that, like, getting to be in a class, those are my favorite days in class. I've gotten to a point where, you know, lectures are great, but when you've gotten to a point where you know your degree pretty well, Mm -hmm. you know, nobody's perfect. There's always things we have to learn, but I love hearing from my classmates because I feel like they will always have a perspective that I never thought of. Oh Mm -hmm. yeah. And you know, we were just talking about how, oh my gosh, we hate criticism, but criticism in those sort of environments and classroom environments with your peers where they're giving you constructive criticism but they're also telling you like oh my gosh I really love that you did this it's so healthy yeah Yeah, and it kind of makes it what's the word it kind of fosters the ability to then handle those other sorts of harsher Mm -hmm. um critiques from you know different scenarios but yeah I like I like those days too and it was so (laughs) awesome you know having um, Richard Boada, you know, when the English department brings in these like visiting poets, visiting authors to also critique work, mm-hmm. that's just like what a rare experience and something yeah. so unique. Mm-hmm. I, we should mention that too because we have Margaret Atwood too in the oh, series yes. coming so to campus. Excited. When I saw that, because we are a generally pretty small university, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so to get these big name poets here, like to do workshops with literally classes of maybe eight people, like 
what a unique experience that is. Like, I know even because it's also not just limited to English majors. Like, they're very open to people Mm -hmm. who want to get involved Mm -hmm. and who want to hear from the poet. So I know when I told Dr. Anthony I wanted to come and cover the story, she was like, oh, yeah, come on. Like, you know, like, it's never like uh, (laughs) a... In, like it's never exclusive like they're always so open to people who want to learn oh about absolutely the yeah the, i think the english major is just so open when it comes to workshopping and just bringing more people outside of the major into their majors just yeah because it's something everyone should know how to do and know how to do well right i mm-hmm. think i agree because look at why we go to like a liberal arts university where we have to have all these general education courses. Like I know we complain a lot about some of the classes we have to take when we really just want to be focusing on our major. But I will say like, I'm so grateful I got to take a history class in college Mm -hmm. because it was very different from, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I think that's one of those things where, you know, maybe some people who aren't in the humanities really aren't interested in having to take an English course. I would argue it really opens you up as like, I don't, whatever major you're engineering, I am sure that there are papers you have to write and I'm sure that there are analyses you have to get oh, yeah. and become creative. And I'm sure the way you write is different from, you know, a fellow engineer in your program. I would argue any major can benefit from a course in a different field. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that I've grown to become very appreciative of because, you know, sometimes we're like, why do we have to, you know, be so well-rounded? But it, it really is beneficial to you. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Oh, absolutely. I, I like how you brought up history because... Over the intercession, I ended up taking History 101. And even though it was just, you know, a 101 course over a three-week period, Mm -hmm. I was able to learn so much about what my interests are. Mm -hmm. For example, I just pretty much focused on um, medieval arts and architecture and just the aesthetic of it. And that really... I can see that for you. Yeah, that that (laughs) That makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, and I think it really helped with my English major as well because it made me realize, hey, that's where my focus area is that's what I like to do yeah I think history sometimes is really like inextricably connected to the English major because I mean look at our survey class now Mm -hmm. talking about the Victorian and the Romantic period we need to know you know what is happening economically like Mm -hmm. politically that is the big influence you know they're big factors that are promoting or I don't know if I want to say promoting but they're the reason why these poets these authors are writing what they're writing so Mm -hmm, I mean it's really important for us to know a lot Mm -hmm. of history we'll take any piece of literature or art you need to have it in context because if you try to analyze something from the 17th century if you don't know what's going on at that time period the the piece of work is going to be so confusing to you Mm -hmm. like especially like um I'm sure you probably they talk about in classes like i'm sure maybe dialects are different like, oh yeah language <laughs> not not our history of english language class <laughs> oh, oh we, we talk I all about dialects nerve. <laughs> well if you want me to phonetically translate um this podcast i mean i can do that for you <laughs> oh man um for context in what is it old english old english manuscript would be pronounced as Man u script? Yes. Probably oh my man u script? Script. Yeah, so no, you have I to roll the tongue. I can't roll R. my R's. Yeah. So that's why every time when Hamill is like, okay, guys, we're going to read Old English out loud, <laughs> I no. sound horrible because I don't know how to roll my R's. Yeah, it was on Wednesday. He made us go around the classroom and we all just had to read a line from 
what is it? The Canterbury Tales? Yeah, it's oh. it's yeah. like the opening. Yes, the opening prologue. Yeah, the opening prologue. Um, yeah, so it's almost like a entirely different language. I, so I tell crazy. you why. That is so crazy. It's really oh fun, gosh. but I also make a fool of myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's see. I what I love about this too is there's like so many things to talk about. Like I knew walking into this, like I had some ideas of what I wanted to discuss, and then like as we went, I was like, there's so many nice topics to get to discuss about this. But um, yeah, I'm sorry we kind of circled back to yes. the English major. It oh was just gosh, like no. the longer we talked, I was like, oh yeah, this aspect and this aspect and this. <laughs> it all oh just no, kind of comes together. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think too, like I. I really think that being these kind of people that could like talk so much in depth about it is why people become interested. Mm-hmm. I I remember actually when I was in high school, I know this sounds weird, but I really do think I've met Dr. Anthony because um, me and a couple of students from my high school were able to go out to dinner with like the English department with like oh, a few students and okay. professors because um, we went to a reading um, like at Wilkes University and I mm-hmm. got to meet a few people. And I remember they were just so easy to talk to at dinner. I was like really nervous because I think when you are in the process of looking for like a university or a major, they're so like marketing heavy. And like there's nothing wrong with that. Like we study like how to be promotional. But like I'm always so nervous that they're just going to be like selling Wilkes to you. Yeah. And we just had genuine conversations. Mm -hmm. And like they asked like us about ourselves. And I don't know. I just think that like that is why english departments in general not just wilkes university even though ours is phenomenal continue to do well even though people you know say like all the stereotypes around it that people mm-hmm. mention i think it continues to do well because i think it, it fosters genuine good human beings who are well skilled in what they do yeah and you can't take and look at again just like we say with communications it's such a versatile and eclectic degree like, I will bet you money, even if you two end up in similar fields, there are things you can do that would be worlds different. Oh, but absolutely. But you had similar educations. You know, like, I just think that's really special. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, when you were saying about, like, how marketing the university, I was just thinking about how for, obviously, when I was coming in, I said um, I was a communications major. And the first thing they hit you with is, look at our radio station. Look at our Yo. TV station. Yeah. <laughs> I still circle. have a picture of me like up in the little, I don't even know what that is, in the TV studio. The desk? Yeah. The anchor desk? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I used to be up in the anchor desk. Babe. And you know what? It worked. They it got me. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, because I always said that is like if Karen Bellis wasn't built, I don't know if I would have still chosen mm-hmm. Wilkes, but it was hands down my my big reason for mm-hmm. coming here. Yeah, this Absolutely. place is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It just could really use like a vending machine or two. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just going to put that out there, please. See, but <laughs> if anyone's listening. Yeah, we were talking about last night, actually. Um, and I'm curious your guys' take. I always said like, I'm so unbelievably happy with the degree I chose because People always talk about how, like, oh, you're going to switch majors, like, ten different times. Mm -hmm. That never happened to me, but I always have been, like, I've gotten, like, major envy where, like, I adore my degree, but if I could keep coming back and try different majors, I would. Mm -hmm. I am the same way. (laughs) Like, sometimes I'm like, man, you know, people always, the same way people are like, oh, English is so easy. I was like, oh, criminology is so easy. But I'm like, (laughs) I feel like it would be so much fun to take criminology yeah and you get to live vicariously through her boyfriend jared who is a yeah (laughs) i have it like when we did that um two weeks online period he did a couple of um his classes in my room before 
and he just had his laptop speaker on and I was just kind of like listening in and they just talk about really cool stuff I'm like I don't know there's like Mm -hmm. a class called like murder monsters mayhem there's family violence like there's so many cool classes they get to take we're like, yeah, family violence is so cool. No, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no. I know, like, I know exactly what like, you're saying because like I said the same thing. Topic, like very, like something yeah. you would never think to have a class mm-hmm. on. Yeah, but it's a very important topic to talk about. Yeah, I just, would, I would just love to be able to sit in on one of those classes. Same, like learning oh, yeah, the just, like, inner mechanisms of you know mm-hmm. people that do heinous things and you know learning why they do that. Right, would be so interesting. Right, there's so many. That's why, again, like I think it's so fun to take classes outside of your major as well. Mm-hmm inside your major because all right guys let's take orgo no let's take organic chem <laughs> yes class i will never ever in my life take. yeah sometimes i'm very thankful yeah i hate crazy. math let's put that out there right now <laughs> i am not good at yeah. math so in wrapping up sort of um my final thing to you guys is if you wouldn't mind first talking a little bit about advice you give to a student and mm. Maybe what you think if they wanted to join the English major or if they wanted to join manuscript, what advice would you give in in doing that? And how could they join? Mm -hmm. Well, I think this is something that everybody, no matter what what your skill level is, Mm -hmm. that they need to realize is there's always room for growth and improvement. We all have our own unique style of writing or just whatever your creative outlet is. You have your unique style to it. And it's okay to if you if somebody critiques you on it because that's because you also want to make sure, like how I mentioned before, you need to make sure your message is coherent enough mm-hmm. right. to be able to be understood by whoever is absorbing that message. And I think that's something we really try to emphasize at Manuscript, mm-hmm. especially when we're editing and reviewing our submissions. We always make sure to give feedback. No matter if we accept it or if we we reject it or if we want to do conditional acceptance Mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, we want to make like one little change to to your work. And. But, yeah, I think there's always just room for improvement. Mm -hmm. And I think it's that's another very difficult hurdle to get over, because, like, I think it just goes back to what we were talking about before, about how. You know, it's just such a vulnerable situation you're putting yourself mm. in right. with your own personal work. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I feel like my advice would just be to trust your gut. And mm-hmm. as we mm-hmm. kind of talked about earlier, don't let other people try to talk you out of it. You know, talk you out of being an English major. Oh, yeah. Uh, talk you out of doing, right. you know, what you love. Because I, I don't know. I think... We, I mean, we already touched on this. There's just such a big stigma that English majors don't do anything. The mm-hmm. English major is so easy. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. come take my midterms come for try me. It, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think just, you know, if it's something you want to do, just don't listen to other people that are trying to tell you otherwise mm-hmm. because it's the best decision I ever freaking made. And mm-hmm. I, if I had the chance to do this all over again, like I'd, I'd still, I wouldn't change anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this could be said for any major. As long as you're passionate about it, as long as you're willing to learn what it is in your major, you're going to find a job anywhere. Mm -hmm. You could Mm -hmm. go into, you know, like graduate school or, you know, to to get a doctorate. But as long as you put passion in your work, you're going to find a place to go. Oh, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Because especially for the English major. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even if there are people like, oh, I really like science, but like I really like English. 
there are people that go on to make so much money who write up, you know, the research reports and all of this other stuff for, you know, researchers and like chemists and biologists, like they do the big portion of their writing for them. And they make so much money, you know, our friend Jenny Frederick, she was actually the former news editor. She graduated, Mm -hmm. um, Last semester, she was a double major in environmental science and yeah, she English. Was. I thought that and was so cool. And she wants to go into environmental law. And isn't that so cool? That is amazing. That's like, so I want to check in with her yeah. in, like, Seriously. four years and just be like, Jenny, I miss you. Like, what's she going so on? so inspirational. Mm-hmm. Like, such a great, like, mentor. I was of. just about to say she was my biggest mentor mm-hmm. last semester with the Beacon since she was um, – I was just the assistant editor. She was the full editor. And she was like, yeah, like – I'm graduating in December. And I was like, no, you're not. No, <laughs> no you're That's not. So, yeah, she taught me so much, you know, to be the news editor I am now. Which, <laughs> yeah, and, and what a great, you know, segue of look at all the amazing people you meet mm-hmm. in these programs mm-hmm. and through the things you'll join and do. So It's things you bond over. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Like, you might be different people, but just by having this one similar interest or a couple interests, like, really unites you as people. And I think that's so cool. So... If anybody wanted to join Manuscript Society, how would they join? Just shoot us an email at magazine at wilkes.edu. If you have a Wilkes email, please use that to reach out to us so we know you're affiliated with Wilkes (laughs) University. But say if you're like an alumni or something, Mm -hmm. just just tell us like, hey, I'm an alumni. I graduated in the year so-and-so. Like here's my submission or whatever. But yeah. As long as you're affiliated with Wilkes University in some way, shape, or form, you could be a part of it mm-hmm. when it comes to submitting. But when it comes to being on staff, we allow anyone to join in our on our meetings. Beautiful. And I will include M's, Maddie's, and Jay's email information in the description for this episode in case you want to reach out to them or Send have any email. follow-up questions. <laughs> yes, hi. Please. I love emails. <laughs> I promise you they're very welcoming people and we'll get back to you in a, in a timely manner. So... <laughs> I just want to thank you both again for coming on this podcast with me. I really enjoyed it. This was a really great conversation, and I was so happy to have you here. Yes, thank you so much for having us. Thank you so much. And um, this was a blast. Congratulations to M, who just joined the radio station, finished her test, and is being trained. Her first time on air, you did phenomenal. This is my first time being on air. I was terrified. But now it's just so exciting. It's you like, did amazing. Wow. It's, it's an adrenaline rush. Yes, it, it is. You don't want to keep doing it. <laughs> and you get to a point where it's just like the conversation flows so casually where it doesn't even feel like we're talking into mics. You mm-hmm. know, we're really just like talking to each other. Right. Like, I can't believe we're at 50 minutes. Right I know. Now. Oh, my God. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. But thank you all so much for listening. As always, if you want to join Manuscript Society or are interested in the English major, please do not hesitate to contact and get more information. Um, if you are interested in getting your story told on this podcast, please contact me. I will also put my email information in the description. So thank you all for listening to Telling the Untold Stories of Wilkes University. As always, you are listening to 90.7 WCLH, Wilkesburg, Scranton, Hazleton. Don't forget to keep, keep it, it locked. locked.